Hope everyone's good. I uh, I had some, uh, I'm not going to call them important meetings, but yeah, I'm a little bit more dressed up than usual. For some of you all, this is common attire, but I try to dress down as much as possible. And so this is, uh, this is very dressed up for me. But um, sweet. Well, I'm really excited about tonight. I think we'll have some fun. We've been in a series. Can also, first of all, thank you. Thank you, Lindsay, for what you said. That was awesome. Hey, you're braver than I am. I love Revelations. I love, there's like some of my favorite verses are in there, but I never talk about it because I'm scared. And so you are, you are much braver than me. And, uh, and also, Adam, really excited about your idea. You and Sam, didn't y'all do it last week? Samantha. Yes, Samantha. I don't know what I did, but Samantha. I'm, I'm just going to move on. Good, good job, Sean. All right, well, uh, so we're in, this, uh, <laughs> we're in this series called Convictions, and we've been having some fun with it, coming to an end with it. But as we've been talking about convictions, I've really enjoyed this series. This series is, we've talked about it before. It's not just convictions that we have, like these are ideals that we have for our lives, and then it's just a hope that, you know, you would go and, live by these convictions later on, that we would live by these convictions. But this series is not just like the ideal of what we strive for. It's really a prayer as well. These, uh, these things that we're talking about, like Charles talked about the bitterness cycle last week. He did a great job talking about that and talking about forgiveness. I know I struggle with forgiveness. I know I struggle with bitterness. I still struggle with this. I still struggle to pray. I don't pray nearly as much as I wish I it was wish as much as I wish. That's how I say it. I'm, it's, I don't know. It's not Texan. It's just me. Whoosh. Whoosh. Some of y'all have heard me talk about whoosh disease another day. But, uh, but yeah, and I think about some other things. I think about not being ashamed of the gospel. Too many times I'm ashamed of the gospel, ashamed to talk about, ashamed to talk about what I believe and what I'm excited about, what I love. And so tonight, I'm very excited because we're going to talk about something that is, I'm not exaggerating when I say this, it is literally the thing that is at the top of my New Year's resolutions. It's number one every year, this thing we're talking about tonight. And the fact that it's number one every year kind of hints at the fact that your boy still struggles with it. So this is very much a prayer for me. It's something that our entire staff, it's many of us, really want to do, we strive to do, but we struggle to do. It's not easy. It's not easy. It didn't matter what, where you are in life. It's not easy. We're going to talk about honor tonight. Honor. Honor. This is exciting. This is really cool. I've said that multiple times. As you can tell, I'm pretty excited about it. Honor is, honor is so relevant for each and every one of you. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter whether you call yourself a Christian or not. If you can honor people, you will always be appreciated wherever you are. If you, if you can honor people, you will be a better, you will be a better uh, son or daughter. You'll be a better parent. If you don't honor, honor people, you won't be good at those things. You'll be, because of this, you'll be either a terror or a joy to work with. Because of this, you'll be a better coach. You'll be a better teacher. You'll be a better friend. You'll be a better small group leader. It doesn't matter what you do in your life. If you do this well, you will always be appreciated. You will, and you'll always get the best out of people. Always. Unfortunately, when it comes to honor, oh, I forgot something. Yes, perfect. 
unfortunately, when it comes to honor, it is not, it's not necessarily what you see in our culture. Honor is not the way of, at least America, if you go to like the, the Eastern countries, if you go to China or Japan or something like that, they are so good about honor. Anybody who's ever gone on a mission trip to these places has noticed there is a stark difference in the way that people treat you. Even walking through the airport, you immediately notice it. You are honored there. People value honor. Here, not so much. A good example, social media. I love social media. Some people think I don't like it because of how much I'm like, you know, pretty critical of it. I like social media, globalization. Social media is fun. It's done so much. You, you get to interact with a lot of different groups of people and a lot of people who you wouldn't be connected with if it wasn't for social media. But anybody who's been on social media knows social media is not the place to be encouraged. Am I exaggerating? If you have ever shared anything, any idea that you have ever cared about on Facebook, you will know what what social media has for you trolls trolls everyone is familiar you, you know I, I don't have to explain that you know exactly what i'm talking about with trolls i have some i have some friends man they i'm not even going to go into them about how bad they are but they they're just awful it's like it doesn't matter if you're sharing political views or you're showing like baby pictures it doesn't matter if you're talking about something that your family did a family vacation it doesn't matter if you're talking about your favorite verse or some new shoes you got People have some comments, and then you end up hating the fact that you posted anything. And then I have some friends who are so bad about trolling that they will go, and it, it's not enough to just stop posting stuff. They wait, and they're like, oh, Jordan hasn't posted anything in a few months. Okay, we'll help him out. So they go and find the most awkward picture ever where I'm like, maybe I'm like eating in the picture, and I'm just like, and they find that picture, and then like two or three of them just start commenting on it over and over throughout the day so that it stays at the top of everyone's feed. And I'm like, man, you guys are all, you are, they're not nice. And so we, we feel it, though. I was, I was, I was thinking about, uh, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about NBA mean tweets. If anybody's ever watched Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, he has, like, this thing, NBA mean tweets. He has it for all, like, most sports, you know, NFL mean tweets. But I was noticing one about Steph Curry. <laughs> Someone posted this and said, have you ever, no, they tweeted, have you ever been downloading something and then all of a sudden in the middle of it, it just stops. It just pauses. And they said, that makes me think of Steph Curry's puberty. I was like, oh, that's so mean. That's so mean. I have, I have a couple of them up here. J.J. Watt, I'm from, the, I'm from the Texans. Sorry, you probably can't see that. The lighting is here, in here is not helpful. But it says, J.J. Watt kind of looks like a fat Macklemore. <laughs> it's like, man, that is, y'all are harsh. And then another one on Russell Wilson. It said, I'm tired of people saying Russell Wilson, w Russell Wilson is too short to play quarterback. He's ugly, too. It's like, man, you know, like some people, like, they just sit around. Pe we know people make up avatars just so they control people. Like, they don't even, they don't even have, a, they have, like, fake accounts just so they can say the worst things about people. Honor is not necessarily something valued in our culture. And honor is not easy because there is something called sin in the world, and we all know this. We all experience it. People, we're all insecure. We are all insecure. No one, you can, man, I wish I could get saved from insecurity, but I can't. We are all insecure. We all struggle with insecurity. And how that comes out many times is dishonor.
we all struggle with pride. We all struggle with competitive spirits where it's, it doesn't even matter whether I have something. It's just a matter of whether I have more of it than you. It's like, it's not enough for me to be smart. It's not enough for me to make good grades. I have to make better grades than you. Or I have to outdo you in this or in that. And so, honor is not the easiest thing to have or to do. But we'll talk about that tonight. Some scriptures. 1 Peter 2.17, honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Matthew 23, 12, Jesus says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And then Mark 6, 1 through 6, he went home from here, from there, and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? Where is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Hmm. That word dishonor that he says here is atomos. It's the Greek word atomos. It means to treat something as commonplace or ordinary. The Greek word for a prophet is without honor is, gen- is, is literally to be dishonored. How many times do we see in relationships, people get together, so, you know, two people, they, they're like infatuated with each other and they start saying all these, they, make, they start making all these weird noises and, and they start saying the weirdest things like, oh, no, 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 I love you more, no, 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 I love you more. Or they go and do stuff like, no, no, no you hang up first, oh, no, no, you hang up first, I'm not hanging up, no, you hang up first. They do, oh, oh, who's my, this? like, you see them, they do all these silly things, you're like, they, they look like they're crazy. But they don't care. They're so excited about one another. But what happens over time in so many relationships? What happens? You see people get to the point where they no longer see the person that they're with as sacred or special. That person becomes commonplace. That person becomes like everything else. You see, marriage is in because of that. The word for honor is tameo. I think I, I think I pronounced that right. The meaning of the word is to attach weight, to put in the place of superiority, to hold in high opinion, to treat as sacred or precious, to treat as sacred or precious. Honor is simply adding value to someone. Another way of saying adding value is to give dignity to someone, treating someone as if they are precious and valuable, to lift them up. I brought a, uh, some of y'all notice I have some things behind me. These are a couple books. I am, um, y'all have heard me. I like to read. I like to read a lot. And the first book is by my favorite author. You've heard me talk about him. I don't shut up about him. His name is F.W. Borm. 
This book is uh, one of the first ever books that he wrote. This book, if I wouldn't sold it, I could easily sell it for $100. It's a very expensive book. And this other book is a book on preaching. It's also a very r- rare book. I could easily sell it for over $100 on eBay if I wanted to. Like I, I, I value these books. I value these books so much so that I have some more expensive books that I wasn't brave enough to bring because I just like them so much. And so they're nestled safely on my bookshelf. But in my house, I have put my books in a certain way. And my daughter's back there, Zoe. Zoe is so much fun. She likes to entertain herself. And one way that she entertains herself is she draws in things. And so I put what I consider to be precious at the top of my bookshelf so that just just if she's ever perusing the bookshelf, she will find the books that I care less about, the books that I could easily replace, and then she'll go and color in those, which she has. <laughs> but when you value something, you lift it up. You talk about it. <laughs> People who know me well know I don't care if you don't like F.W. Borm. I will continue to talk about F.W. Borm. I love what he has to say. And I love, whether you like it or not, I love you hearing about it. And so I almost had a quote from him tonight, but I left it out. I left it out. Dishonor, though, talks negatively about something. Honor always speaks positively about something. It helps others to see that what you were talking about is esteemable. Do I want other people to value this as precious, or do I just want other people to think this is commonplace? It's like, you know, there's nothing special about it. Maybe you've also noticed behind me, I have a game. Do I have any people who enjoy playing this game? There's a few of y'all. I love this game. I love this game. Funny story. Well, I think it's a funny story. Maybe you'll find it funny. I don't know. My stories are kind of corny, but that's funny to me. Anyways. This game, so I had to go to a conference. It's like a conference to be able to basically do what I do. And so me and a bunch of friends, we went to this conference, and the conference is like five days long, and it's in Missouri. And so we had free time. They were really nice. They gave us a decent amount of free time. And I'm not exaggerating. We probably spent about 80 to 90% of all of our free time playing this game. We probably played, the game takes about an hour and a half to two hours to play. We probably played somewhere around 13 or 14 games that week. We were obsessed about playing that game. Well, fun. So anyways, we're playing this game, and like the second day we realized, oh, there's a perfect place to play this game. It's like a room with couches around it, and we could just like, it's, it's perfect for this game. So we all go in there, and we start playing in there. And so a guy comes in, and he's like, oh, hey. What are you guys doing in here? We're like, hey, man, we're playing Settlers. You want to come and play? And he's like, ah, no thanks. But what is this? And so we, like, explained it to him. And he, he, like, stuck around for, like, 15 minutes. He's like, man, this game is pretty cool. Thanks for telling me about it. And he takes off. And they were like, oh, man, that guy was nice. You know, he's like, oh, maybe he'll come and play Settlers with us later on or something. It's, like, two days later. And it's break time again. So what else is there to do? You play Settlers. And so we go and play Settlers in the spot. And we're playing, and the guy comes in, and he's like, oh, what? What what are you guys doing in here? And we're like, we're playing Settlers, man. You want to come and play with us? And he's like, no. Really? Settlers again, guys? (laughs) And he walks away. (laughs) We're like, man, what's this guy's deal? 
Come on, man. We're just playing songs. We're just having fun. What? what? Wow, man. Maybe that guy, I don't know, maybe ate something bad that day or something. We don't know. We were like, that guy, that was weird. That was really weird. So funny. About 10 minutes later, one of our friends walked outside, and he looked at the door, and it said, and he said, hey, did y'all know that this is the prayer room? (laughs) It was the room that they set apart in the conference for you to be able to go pray if you want. We had been playing settlers that whole week in the prayer room. That dude just wanted to go and pray. And we, like, got in his way. It's so funny. It's, it's funny because we didn't do it intentionally. If I did it intentionally, I'd be like, oh, Jordan, you're a jerk. Then you'd be right to say that. But I didn't know. It's a funny story. It's, it's, I mean, that dude was furious. And we tried to apologize to him later in the week. He wasn't having it. But the reason I bring up settlers is because Josh Hugendorn spoke a couple weeks ago. Missionary to Egypt, good friend of ours. He was so good at this game. So good. He was a freak at this game. He, he won. That week, he probably won more than half the games. It was really more about trying to beat him than even winning the game. Like, it was, it was so hard to beat him. He had the same strategy every game, too. You know how he won? And settlers, you have to be kind of mean. You trade resources, you acquire resources, and you block off other people. He... And, the, and well, the first person at 10 points wins the game. Whenever someone got to about three or four points, whenever they separated themselves from the pack, he all of a sudden did everything he could to get the attention on them. He's like, whoa, guys, hey, watch out. Dude, Alex, this guy has six points already, and no one has more than three. He's going to win the game if we don't stop him. And sure enough, he would go off on that person so much until eventually everybody was focused on getting Alex. And then Alex went from having six points to never having anything more than six points because we just kept blocking him. And then every time, Josh would walk right around, walk in the back door, and then say, "Oh, hey, guys, I have ten points, by the way. I won. (laughs) Every time. He won because he got the attention off of himself. And in getting the attention off of himself, he was able to win the game every time. Jesus said it, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. We win the game by getting the attention off of ourselves. There's something strange about Christianity in that it seems to be the only only religion where God, God expects you to treat people almost as well as you treat him, better than you treat yourself. It is so interesting. He is really obsessed with us getting the attention off of ourselves and putting it on other people, lifting them up, talking about them as precious. And just like settlers, it seems like we win the game when we get the attention off of ourselves and onto others. You're better for it, and the people around you are better for it. In Genesis, Genesis 1, it says that God spoke the world into existence. That fascinates me. Audible words created physical matter it doesn't make any sense just a side note if you've ever read chronicles of nardia the sixth book i don't know what the orders are supposed to be but anyways magician's nephew i think it's a sixth book it is my favorite book it gives a picture of it gives c.s lewis's picture of god creating the world he sings the world into existence i remember a.w tozer said he believes that the world that 
the world was not spoken into existence, but rather sung into existence. And it was the most beautiful song that the world had ever seen. That was just a cool thought. But words seem to have a very interesting power in this world. Whether you, whether you see it or not, words matter. Words matter so much. You can speak things into existence. You can almost speak things out of existence when you say it enough. Has anybody ever heard the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? You ever heard that? Everybody's heard that. That is not a true statement. That is not true at all. I tore my Achilles. Uh, this one. Yeah, I tore my Achilles. I was playing basketball with Sean. I never played basketball with Sean again because of that. It, it, it was a very painful injury. The doctor said when he opened up the back of my uh, ankle, he said that both ends of my Achilles just look like uh, the end of mops. I wish I would have had a picture of it. Because if I did get a picture, if I would have given my camera, I would put it up right now. Because I just think that's so cool. But I forgot. I, d I just thought about that too late. Anyways, as I think about that, I think about some of the things that people have spoken over me in my life. If I could have it my way, I'd rather tear my Achilles than hear some of the things that have been said to me in my life. That took, that took a year for me to recover from that injury. It took about two years for me to be 100% from that injury. I would go through that again to have not heard some of the things that people have said over me. And I think each of us would agree that there are certain things that if we could erase them from our memory, we would never want to know that these things were said about us. It has taken us years, decades, to erase some, to get away from some of the, these words. They haunt us. They chase us, especially when we're in our lowest moments. I know you all know what I'm talking about. Words have power. And so I would ask you, the way that you speak over people, the way that you speak over your friends, do people feel empowered when they're in your presence? Do they feel bigger and stronger and more able to conquer life when they're around you? Or do people feel smaller? Do people feel less of a person? Do they feel no longer precious? Do they feel commonplace when they're around you? David prayed in Psalm 64, God protect me from the sharp tongues the people wield as swords. Protect me from the sharp tongues that people wield as swords. He referred to hurtful words as swords. Are you building people up with your words or are you cutting them down? Jesus said in Matthew twelve thirty six, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account of shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Every idle word. That is a haunting, haunting verse. I have a friend, he, um, very wise friend, and he has said this to me many, many times. I think he knows how much I struggle with honor. He's very nice in the way that he says it. We'll be hanging out, and he'll just lean back, and he'll be like, ah, Jordan, you know something? And I'll be like, what? And he'll be like, ah, you know, big people, big people, Find the good things in life. And small people can only see the bad things. Big people find what's positive, what's true, what's right about something. And small people, they only see what's wrong. He said anybody can see what's wrong in the world. Any, <laughs> to use his words, he says any idiot can see what's wrong with the world. 
he is somewhat right. Everyone, everyone sees that the world needs to get better. Everyone sees that there are problems. Everyone sees that people aren't all that people should be. But can you find what is good about something? Personally, for me, it's not even about what I vote for or what I value. It's just simply because I'm so tired of all the negative things said. I have made it a personal mission of mine to find what is good about our president and to try to lift that up and to try to talk about that. Didn't matter who you voted for. Everybody, everybody sees what's wrong. CNN doesn't even care about being a credible news source anymore when it comes to talking about that man. They just want to tear him down. I don't want to be a part of that. How can I find what's positive? How can I lift that up? How can I speak what's best into existence? As I say speaking what's best into existence, it makes me think of Peter. Peter, what does Peter mean? A rock. I've heard some people make a comment and say, oh, well, Peter, Peter's name actually means, it doesn't necessarily mean a big rock. It means more like a smaller rock, you know, kind of the rock that you're able to throw. And it's just like, it's still a rock. <laughs> it's still a rock. It's still hard. It's still something that you would build on stuff on top of because of how hard it is. When, when Jesus met Peter, he was one of his disciples, and this dude's emotions were everywhere. One day he was up, one day he was down. One day he was courageous, one day he was a coward. One day he was like standing up for Jesus. The other day he was running from even talking about Jesus, saying that he was on his side. The man was everywhere. He was anything but a rock. But Jesus spoke into him what he could be rather than let him stay where he was. You get out of people what you put into them. So many times people live up to your words. You say the worst stuff about them, you get the worst from them. And if you say the best about them, you get the best. It is interesting as I think about this because I'm like, well, why does that matter so much? Why do, why do I matter so much? Why can't I just have idle words, God? I was talking to Haley about this one time, and I, was, and I asked her this question. I said, do you think that there are any neutral statements where you can just go and say something, and it's not good or bad? And she said, no. And I was like, I don't know if I agree with you. And I kept thinking about it, and I kept thinking about it, and I kept thinking about it. And I think Haley is right. I don't think that there are any neutral statements. I agree with her now because it says in Genesis 1 and 2 that God made us in his image. And he has made us a big deal in this world. The centerpiece of all of creation was us. And so therefore, I am very important, important in this world. And my words matter. That's why the words of a person that you don't even know still hurt somewhat. Everyone matters, and all of your words have weight. Words have weight, they create. Maybe words don't have weight, but all words have weight, and they create. And I guess since nobody else can speak, all words have weight. So I just proved myself wrong there. But anyways, <laughs> I hope that makes sense. A, qu so a few questions about honor. You know, some people are like, oh, well, is it ever okay not to honor someone? No. No, it's not. It's never not okay to honor someone. Maybe sometimes, like, honor either, when it comes to honor, either I can speak life over this person or I cannot say something. Sometimes, sometimes honor is just more of an issue of when you say something rather whether you say something. It's the right time, like, a boss, okay, or, your, or a parent. If I disagree with my mom or my dad, then I'll disagree with them by myself. I won't do it in front of my brothers. 
I won't do it in, re- in front of the rest of the family. I won't try to tear him down. The reason I say that is because the Bible says a lot of times how we're to honor our parents. Some people, I was just talking to someone, I was just talking to someone earlier today who has a terrible, terrible relationship with their parents. Their, their parents literally abuse them. And they still honor them. You have to. That's what the Bible calls us to. Honor is not about whether someone earned it or not. If you think honor is only about giving respect to those, to those we think respect is due, it's not that. Honor doesn't mean that you always agree with someone, but it does, it does mean that when you disagree with someone, you change how you disagree with them. Like if I disagree with my boss, maybe I'm not going to disagree with him in front of everyone and call them out. Maybe I'll disagree with him privately and be like, hey, what was up with this? Why did this happen? Just because I saw this, and a great example of that is actually Nathan. Where is Nathan? Yeah, Nathan. We were on a mission trip together. I made a boo-boo. I go and I put, in a diesel engine, I put unleaded gas in it. It was BP. It's their fault. You know, they got the green and the the black, and they got everyone confused. I blame it on them. But I, I made this mistake, and it was so cool because Nathan disagreed with me on something, but the way that he disagreed with me is he came over, took me aside while no one was looking, and it said, hey, let me ask you this question because I really want you, I, I want you to think through, think through this. And he asked me it, and it was so cool because so many people would have just yelled it out in front of everyone. Hey, why are you doing this? Why are you doing it this way? This is not a good idea. It was really cool. Thank you, Nathan. Mm, could say that, could say that, not going to say that. I will say this. <laughs> Mark 6, 4 through 6 says, And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. He could do no mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And they marveled because, and he marveled because of their unbelief. This is a very frightening verse. Why is it frightening? Because it says that he could do no miracles because of a culture of dishonor that was present amongst them. Oh, I just have to publicly say in front of you all, as I've struggled with honor, I have struggled with honor in front of you. I know many times some of you all leave my presence and you don't feel bigger. You don't feel better. You don't feel more able to conquer life, you feel somewhat defeated because of my jokes, my flippant jokes. I excuse my jokes so many times, but I see now that that's not right. I don't want a culture of dishonor to be present within our group. Many of you are very good at honor. Some of you are amazing at it. You're so good at it that even as you were disappointed at how frequently I cut people down or how I said certain things, you didn't dishonor me as I did it. You asked me about it quietly, just as I talked about with Nathan. You asked it, you, you didn't call me out in front of everyone. You asked me to think through what I was doing. And it's taken a long time for me to see some things clearly. But I thank you for that. Just a couple things as to how you, could, how you can have honor, because honor is a, it's a tricky thing. You know, it's like, how can I joke? What should I say? 
how can I how can I have humor but not tear people down in, in order to have humor? Because me, in the setting that I grew up in, the only way you laughed was at someone else's expense. It was like just a joke. That was the only way. It was like, man, can you believe so-and-so did something? And then we would just go off on that person over and over and over again until it got real quiet. They were like, hey, man, look at so-and-so. And then we just go off on them. Like, that was how you laughed. That was humor to us. And so it's like me having, it's like culture shock for me. I'm, I'm like having a, or it's like a change of culture. It's a change of a mindset. It is so subliminal for me to just look at someone and to just cut them down immediately. You have to train yourself. Honor is not an easy thing to do, but it is an amazing, amazing skill. Man, I hope you all hear me on this. But a couple things, just a couple things to help you out with honor. One, walk up to a person or when you're with a person, ask yourself, how can I encourage this person? How can I encourage this person? Encourage them to be able to do whatever better in order, encourage them to just feel like they can accomplish whatever they have to accomplish. Maybe it's school. Maybe it's their relationship with God. How can I encourage you? Another thing, though, and I'm grateful for a conversation I had with some friends the other day because this kind of came out of it for me. When people leave my presence, do they feel bigger? When people leave my presence, do they feel more able to love God and love people? Some of the people that I've seen who are the best at this, every time I was with them, like that really wise friend I talked about who talked about big people and small people, every time I was with him, didn't fail, every time. I was always, I was less insecure when I was, after I was with him. I was more interested in people and loving people I felt like I could, I, could, I could actually succeed at being a Christian and loving God. It was just something about him. I've had people in my life who were like this. Do people feel bigger when they're in my presence? Another thing, and this is the last thing of kind of like the how. Let yourself actually say what you think about people. It is funny that we live in a culture where it's very easy to say something negative about someone, but it's actually kind of hard to go against the grain and say something positive about them. Many times I have great thoughts about people. I just don't let myself say them. But I'm so, it's, so, it's so easy for me to say that the bad things. I don't want to be like that anymore. I want to tell people how I actually feel about you. I feel... I, I, I don't know. I think Katie's still here. Is she here? No? She left? Zoe. So it was time for Zoe's bedtime. Katie, I wouldn't be able to be here. I wouldn't be able to be here if it wasn't for her. She's my rock. Many of y'all know me and you like who I am. If you would have known me before Katie was around, you wouldn't. I can promise you that. She changed my life. Sean, I didn't think I was going to cry when I did this. <laughs> Sean, Charles, Christopher, Katie, Heather. You know, moved up here with me to follow some dream on a random mission trip, and God changed all of our lives. And this room wouldn't be, a, wouldn't be this wouldn't exist if y'all didn't come. If y'all didn't lay down your lives, your dreams. The jobs you could have had, passed up money, 
comfortable lives? You patient with me? I mentioned you earlier, Haley and Taylor, Holden, Nate, Tomani, Jeff. You guys have been here since the beginning. You've been the foundation for us. For us, Rachel, I'm sorry for the people that I'm missing. Some of you have been here from the very foundation. I try not to tell too many stories about what I was like when I first got, when I was your age in Chi Alpha, because you'd be discouraged. <laughs> and you'd be like, man, if Jordan was that bad, maybe I can get away with doing some things, <laughs> because Jordan was a bum. <laughs> It was, it was year three before I even started really trying. And to watch what you guys have laid down, to watch your faithfulness, Taylor, you a lot of people don't know. Taylor just, Taylor just got an award. It was like, it was like a WVU Most Outstanding Senior. You know, like less than 1% of the school gets it, yada, 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 all this stuff. Like it's, it's, it's very, it's very impressive. A lot of people don't know this, that Taylor was so worried about school, so worried about school when we met her. And she wasn't, she didn't know if she was going to be a small group leader. She didn't even know if she was going to persevere with the Lord because she thought it would cost too much because she was, school had a stranglehold on her and she couldn't be freed from that. And it's so cool to watch. I remember, I'll never forget, I'll never forget when you gave that up and you said, I don't care anymore. Her parents were worried about her. They, they were telling her to study less. They were worried about her health. That's how bad it was. And she did. She stopped making school her God. She no longer needed an A to validate who she was. She took a step back. She was willing to say yes to God, even if that meant not being the perfect student in her mind. And I think about that, and I have this verse that is just blaring in my mind. Every time I think about that award, Taylor, where it says, he who tries to save his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake will find it. She gave up making school everything, and then she trusted the Lord. She trusted him as a small group leader. She trusted him in all the different avenues that he's asked her to walk through, and now she is being honored for the very thing that she gave up. I could tell story after story after story about y'all. And usually what I have to say is jokes. I'm sorry, friends. You're precious. You're precious to me. And you're precious to your friends. You are special, special people. And it is an honor to serve y'all each week. It is an honor. I'm tired, and it's an honor. It's worth it, because you are precious. The band can come back up. I'm done. Lord God, we came here, and we wanted to build a culture of honor. I have not made that easy with the way that I'm flippant with words and with jokes and with actions too. Forgive me, Lord. <laughs> Thank you for my gracious friends who don't quit on me in spite of me not making them feel bigger when they're around me. 
I don't want to be this anymore. I pray that you would speak to each and every person here so that we would lay off the chains, lay off what everybody else is doing, lay off this desire to break everyone else down, to cut everyone down with our words, which are so powerful. Lord God, help us to trust you with this. Give us new, give us new humor, new jokes, jokes that don't need to make people around us suffer in order for us to laugh. Give us a new kind of comedy. Give us a new joy. Help me, Lord God. Help me to model this. And thank you for my friends who have modeled this for me and have been patient with me in spite of me not being able to model it. I thank you, Lord, for being able to serve here. And I thank you for who I get to serve with. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I was hoping in this time that you all would pray. That you would pray blessings over some of the people that maybe you've been competing with. Some of the people that you've been most insecure about. For some of you, you're a small group leader. Maybe you've been competing with another small group leader. With some of you, maybe it's this person who has spoken some things over your life that you just can't let go. For some of you, you've never really talked, talked to your parents and honored them. You've never told them what they've done for you and the sacrifices that they've made in loving you. You've never thought highly upon them. Pray for them. Pray blessings over them. And then I encourage you after tonight to speak that, to say it to them. Tell people how great and how precious you think they are in your opinion. Bless them and build them up with your words. Love you all.